what we do right now is uh, focus uh, more on the problems that our company and our um, uh, colleagues are facing every day. So uh, what we are doing, uh, we are a small team. Uh, we are about, um, at the moment, um, five to six colleagues plus myself. And we're trying to uh, tackle um, very um, daily issues, very operative uh, issues um, coming from different uh, departments uh, within the, the company. And we try, uh, our objective is to um, accompany and solve uh, these uh, problems together with, the, with, the, with our colleagues. And just to give you an example, um, there is a, 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 it can be something so small, um, uh, such as a small project that we're running in order to um, ha solve the, the information um, lack for the passengers where when short trains are arriving at long platforms uh, in our metro lines yeah. and how to make sure that they know exactly where to stand when the, the metro is arriving. So that's a, um, a small problem that we're working uh, together with the uh, metro colleagues. We have other issues such as how to improve uh, and detect, um, try to uh, identify patterns of um, incidents uh, by the uh, um, in, in our incident reports uh, so that uh, the colleagues, the technicians can say, okay, I know that this is a pattern and I've seen it before in other reports and I can uh, I can solve this maintenance or technical problem as much as, as fast as possible. Welcome to the Mobility Innovators Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mobility Innovator Podcast. I'm your host, Jaspal Singh. Mobility Innovator Podcast invite key innovators in the transportation and logistics sector to share their experience and future forecasts. In this episode, we'll be discussing the role of innovation and technology in mobility space. Our today guest is a head of innovation of Hamburg Hoshbahn. She joined Hamburg Hoshbahn in July 2011 as a tariff and revenue specialist. Growing within the organization, she became the head of innovation in February 2023. Hamburg Hoshbahn is the public transport operator in the city operating 150 bus route and four underground lines. The city is now investing in expanding the existing underground line and replacing the existing bus fleet. Hamburg is also one of the most innovative city and in exploring new form of mobility. UITP next global public transport summit will be in Hamburg in 2025. So it can be a good opportunity for you to visit the beautiful city. I'm so happy to welcome Natalie Rodriguez, head of innovation, Hamburg Hoshpong. Now it's time to listen and learn. Hello, Natalie. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I know it took some time, but glad we made it. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to our uh, conversation. Great. There are so many topics to cover as Hamburg is working on so many interesting projects. So let's kickstart our discussion with your personal journey in mobility space. You started your career with a consulting firm and uh, work in a different places before joining uh, Hamburg Hoshwan in July 2011. What motivated you to pick this as a career option? And also, what inspired you to keep working? Because now you're working in a sector for more than a decade. And now you're a head of innovation. So also, can you share how the day look like in the life of a head of innovation at one of the largest transportation companies in Germany? Yes. Uh, so um, I uh, originally come from Venezuela and I started my uh, career uh, studying urban planning. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to um, just 
uh, keep on um, urban planning uh, projects. Uh, and um, I took a master in public service management. And after this public service management um, master, I started uh, in a small company, consulting company, working on small projects, uh, all related to transportation for the city authorities, also for uh, regional and um, state um, uh, authorities uh, in different countries uh, here in Germany. And um, after that, I came to the Hochbahn in 2011, and um, it has been such a, an adventure. We had so, I have been uh, blessed to have different um, opportunities within the company, so it is not, um, um boring at all i started uh, as a revenue revenue specialist uh, for a um, subsidiary of the whole fund and um then continue on a strategy position and now um uh, i had i was project lead uh, for autonomous vehicles here during yeah. the last five years and now i'm the head of innovation in starting this year 2023 so um yeah different different um areas that I have I've been yeah had the opportunity to tackle and problems that, that were very fascinating from feasibility studies in the in the time as uh, at, as I was consultant and now new projects that are important for the company all around innovation yeah that's amazing that's amazing I mean your story is not only about somebody who is successful within the company but also a successful immigrant story I didn't know that you came from Venezuela and and settled down in Germany and now you're working as a head of innovation at Hamburg. That's amazing. So how, how do you see the cultural thing play in your role? That's, uh, I try to, uh, I, it's very funny that you ask this question because um, I remember uh, when I was uh, in the consulting company, I, I always used to say my colleague, to my colleagues, I'm like Switzerland, I'm very neutral because it was also very, uh, it was a French uh, German um, consulting company. And um, sometimes there were yeah, different um, ways of solving problems. And it was very fascinating for me to uh, see how uh, yeah, different teams uh, solve different problems. And I saw myself always as uh, Switzerland okay i can pick a little bit of the best and try to bring my own uh, sauce in in this uh, uh, project or problem so yeah it's uh it's, it's very fascinating and, and i'm really happy that I, i've had uh, the opportunity to um accompany uh different colleagues uh, uh, in the private uh, sector and now in the public se sector working for the for the whole plan it's always good to uh, experience different cultures and see how things work and you can bring your own flavor you can bring your own experience and and your own perspective now not many people know that hamburg is a second largest city in germany in fact i was surprised because generally it's berlin frankfurt munich cologne which get more prominent uh, name uh, so i want to know like so hamburg also has a second largest public transit system so can you share more about uh, hamburg hoshman now you're working for more than 12 years in this agency and uh, regarding ridership, did pandemic have any impact on the expansion of the system or you are continue to expand system irrespective of what's ever going on with the pandemic? Yeah, so uh, Hochmann, um, we, are, we run as a, as a uh, private company, but we are 100% owned by the city of Hamburg. Uh, this makes us quite special because we have out the, also the mentality of trying to always uh, cover costs and always think about what, uh, how can we be efficient. Um, at, the at the same time, um, yeah, we, are, um, we have um, this long-term perspective, how, what, which projects are, um, are important for the public um, interest and are uh, also important for the city. 
Uh, Hamburg has, uh, uh, the whole fund has about uh, 6,300 um, employees. And it's important to say that around 3,000 um, of these employees are bus drivers and about oh. 600 are metro drivers. So our uh, the more uh, more than the, the half of our um, yeah, um, employees, they come from operations and, uh, and they are the ones that are running the systems uh, every yeah. day, day in, day out. Um, and it's also very important to see what um, yeah what what are their needs and how can we improve the systems also um, based on uh, what they uh, give uh, as feedback um, um, on a day, on a regular basis. Uh, we operate uh, uh, 105 15 bus lines and four metro lines yeah. in Hamburg. Uh, we are one of the um, biggest uh, operators in Hamburg, but there are also uh, smaller uh, bus operators, and also the train uh, the train company uh, is also a, a big player uh, in the city. And it's also important to say that we are um, um, pretty healthy when it comes to our finances. We have about eighty percent um, um, of cost recovery ratio, and this uh, ratio um, is something that. Um, I would say the Hochman is very proud about in the last years. Uh, we also had an, a level of almost over 90%. And now that we are investing in new projects and new programs that are important for expansion uh, in the city, then we, um, yeah, this uh, cost recovery ratio has um, suffered a, a bit, but it's still a pretty good uh, recovery ratio. Um, so we're really proud about that. And um, yeah, we, we have a lot uh, about, uh, I would say, 384 uh, million passengers uh, that mm. they drive with us uh, year in, year out. And yeah, regarding to your question, uh, the pandemic hit us, I think, pretty hard, uh, like many other public areas. Um, I yeah. think 2020, 2021 were um, shock years for many people uh, all over the world. And, and now we're coming close to the levels of 2019 uh, this year. Mm. Um, but we had, um, yeah, the, the last uh, few years where we were, let's say, I would say that, um, uh, for instance, uh, 2022, we were about 80, 83% the level of 2019. That's amazing. I, I love your opening line saying it's owned by government, but run as a private, which is important because then you can bring the best of both you can bring some of the policy structure key objective to serve society from the public sector but at the same time bring efficiency operational efficiency and cost recovery ratio 80 percent i think a lot of agencies will be quite jealous to hear that because it's quite remarkable to achieve 80 percent and even when you mention 90 percent cost recovery but that's important because when you have that kind of a financial sustainability you can invest back you can invest in the expansion and you can invest in the innovation. And it's very important to keep investing in the system because things are changing. And we will discuss uh, during our conversation about a lot of new projects which uh, Hoshman is doing uh, in Hamburg and, and trying to expand. Now, you are heading the innovation department at Hamburg Hoshman. And I know, like you mentioned, you are, you are busy. You are not uh, feeling bored because every day is a new challenge. So what are the main projects in your unit? And tell us a little more about the unit of innovation at Hamburg Hoshman. How did the idea came? Because a lot of cities and a lot of authorities try to create a unit of innovation, but it never worked out. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. What is the secret sauce in Hamburg that why the, the innovation unit is working well? 
Well, we are working on the sauce. <laughs> we hope to make it really spicy in the next years. <laughs> uh, so uh, adding our own flavor, uh, if we can uh, keep it uh, in this metaphor. But uh, what we do right now is uh, focus uh, more on the problems that our company and our um, uh, colleagues are facing every day. So uh, what we are doing, uh, we are a small team. Uh, we are yeah. about, um, at the moment, um, five to six colleagues plus myself. And we're trying to uh, tackle um, very um, daily issues, very operative uh, issues um, coming from different uh, departments uh, within the, the company. And we try, uh, our objective is to um, accompany and solve uh, these uh, problems together with with, uh, with our colleagues. And just to give you an example, um, there is a, 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 it can be something so small, um, uh, such as a small project that we're running in order to um, uh, solve the, the information um, lack for the passengers where yeah. when short trains are arriving at long platforms uh, in our metro lines yeah. and how to make sure that they know exactly where to stand when the, the, the metro is arriving. So that's a, um, a small problem that we're working uh, together with the uh, metro colleagues. We have other issues such as how to improve uh, and detect, um, try to uh, identify patterns of um, incidents uh, by the uh, um, in, in our incident reports, uh, so that uh, the colleagues, the technicians, can say, okay, I know that this is a pattern, and I've seen it before in other reports, mm. and I can uh, I can solve this maintenance or technical problem as much as as fast as possible. So that's a so the identification of patterns uh, in incident reports is also so also a small project that we're going to start with um, our, our boss colleagues. Uh, we also have um, some work, uh, projects where we're working together with the University of Hamburg, where we give this challenge to the uh, uh, to the students uh, in the university, mm -hmm. and they uh, try to solve it. And then we uh, put the uh, the two uh, hands together. We put the colleagues uh, in contact, in contact, are in connection with the university, and try to um, accompany them uh, when they, uh, this challenge is being um, developed and uh, and tried out by the students. So that's uh, that's something that we do. And um, so another small example could be also um, how to um, have a better detection of crowd management in critical mm. stops. For another subsidiary company that they say, well, we know that there are uh, big events uh, uh, throughout the year and we would like to know uh, what are the, how are the flows, how many people are yeah. going to be here, how people, and based on the data that we have uh, from previous years, what can we do to improve um, our, our work um, uh, as uh, um, guards being there, uh, just to make sure that everything's running um, perfectly. So. So those are some some of the projects that we're working on, and uh, what um, yeah our main um, I would say areas of uh, of working is uh, just to uh, set up new trend management and new trend management just to see how uh, what are the new impulses that are coming from outside and how we do yeah. how do we communicate and how who are the um, uh, main stakeholders of these trends or of this uh, information and um, and to prepare different products so that um, the colleagues can use it. And the second area of, um, of field of work is uh, just working uh, specifically on different issues that are being presented or that, that, that we know are uh, there uh, from other departments within the company. Amazing, amazing. All the, all the projects you mentioned are quite exciting because I mean, a lot of city face problem with you have a shorter, uh, 
like i know in new york and and in new jersey i saw this like you your platform is shorter and your trains are long and then you have to inform to the passenger and sometimes the passenger who are new to the system they don't know that you need to move in the front to get out otherwise you'll be stuck and similarly there will be problem of uh, longer station and the shorter train so these are interesting project and i would say from customer point of view quite important so it's it may look small like i would say you are humble to say that these are small project but i know it's very challenging to solve these problem for the customer for internal staff so it's very interesting to say that how you are your focus is to solve the problem of the internal as well as external customer both your employees as well as the the riders and and mm-hmm. innovation need to play that role of understanding what are the challenges and how to solve it rather than mm-hmm. solve something and then try to find a problem so exactly. <laughs> you know most of the time i have seen the the department which fail is they come out with something new and then they don't know what problem they are solving but i love your approach that you are understanding the problem first and engaging with the university engaging with the student and i would say that's kind of a secret sauce focusing on the problem mm-hmm. and then solving it exactly and i think uh, it's not um, um uh, evident just to say this that you know you have to uh, focus on the problem see what what exactly how, how big is and just take time to understand what what the problem is is it really a problem or something that maybe is uh, just uh, um, an activity to solve and yeah. not even a problem so we took a lot of time i have to say just to uh, have this focus to say we have to have um, this uh, in our uh, core of activity and uh, and of course uh, um, all the things that are developing outside all external um, uh, trends and all the external activities are also important to to have on, um, on mind but um, you have to see what are the problems um, uh, now and what could be the problems in the future so it's like yeah. you know you have to be a little bit ambivalent in order to yeah to, to stay uh, put on uh, stay on earth and solve the, the things that you need um, yeah on the on the short term short term first yeah yeah i agree stay top on the things so you need to understand how the things like what will be the future problem and then only you can be proactive and try to solve it now city of hamburg has a very ambitious plan like you mentioned you already have touched the 2019 level 83% 85% of ridership but there is a plan to increase the public share uh, the share of public transport by 2030 so i i was reading that there is a ambitious project called hamburg tag which aim to increase the market share from 22% in 2017 to 30% by 2030 which is amazing because a lot of cities are actually trying to just reach to the same level of pre pandemic but uh, hamburg has this ambitious plan to not only recover but also grow the ridership in next 5 10 mm-hmm. year and and uh, as you mentioned now hamburg is investing a lot of in money in the capital project to expand the system and i am pretty sure the technology will also play a critical role is not just the infrastructure but also the technology so i want to understand now first with the hamburg underground uh, project so hamburg has like you mentioned four underground line it's one of the biggest uh, in in germany and it's now constructing a new underground metro line uh, u5 which is amazing not many city has uh, this opportunity to create new line it's a very ambitious project but what makes me more exciting about this project is that it's a fully automated goa 4 line which is a rare it's not many city have attempted it it will be sad to know that in north america we don't have even a single city with automated line i mean they mm-hmm. have infrastructure but they never implemented it 
So it mm-hmm. will be a big game changer, and and I'm pretty sure probably will bring some people from North America to visit Hamburg to showcase. So would love to know more about uh, this GUA four line and what's the role of technology here and how the head as a head of innovation department you are involved in this project. Okay, uh, well, um, the first thing I have to say is that uh, this uh, line um, is uh, just just a few facts. It's going to be a 24 kilometer long line. It would have 23 metro stops and it's being uh, planned and constructed by a subsidiary uh, of the Hope Bahn, uh, which, is, uh, which has been created um, last year in order to fully focus on the planning and um, construction of the line and um, other departments uh, within the company are um, um, working, uh, given input, given uh, specific information and specific um, level of expertise, but uh, the hardcore and the all the, the, the muscle work, I would say, comes from the, uh, uh, the subsidiary company mm-hmm. and it's called the uh, Metro, uh, Metro Line 5 um, uh, Limited um, Company. So, and um, so, yeah, as you, as you mentioned, it's going to be a uh, grade of automation for, uh, at the moment, um, they are planning, um, at least trying to um, um, plan uh, the this line on a 90 minute uh, frequency. So inter- mm-hmm. interval of um, uh, arriving and uh, leaving at the, the different stops. And um, it's going to be uh, um, given, uh, it's going to be offering a new service uh, for residential areas in the west and the east um, of the city. And this, uh, these two parts are going to be connected directly to the city, which was something that main, it has been uh, discussed and uh, debated um, a long time uh, to how to provide a better service um, to these specific parts of the city. Um, and uh, our role um, is specific to give, uh, um, let's say, um, um, at the moment we're uh, going to start, um, we haven't started yet, but we're uh, trying to uh, work, uh, create a small um, so work team in order to make sure that all the passenger information is up to date and is the latest um, state of the art when it comes to deliver um, the final um, product, which, uh, yeah. which means more or less uh, to make sure um, that the team working on the uh, on this line on, are um, informed um, over the uh, about the latest uh, latest technology um, related passenger information, and this could be something that we're going to be working um, from our side as a team innovation for um, the company for the subsidiary company of the whole plan. So that's something we haven't uh, or we have talked about, uh, but we yeah. haven't started yet, and um, and we have to set up uh, our milestones and and set up the, the task force. So, um, so basically, uh, when if we go, if we if we give a, if we get a go, it means um, that we uh, have to come up with a plan in order to make sure that our colleagues are um, well informed, are up to date with the latest technology for passenger information. So, when it comes to building that on the stops and also on the metro line, that they have uh, what they need in order to yeah. build it uh, for the year. Let's say, I, 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 yeah, I would, I would say in a couple of years in the future, or many <laughs> years in the future. So, yeah. No, interesting. And I, I really found this model very interesting. Like, instead of disturbing the existing organization and the current organization, create a subsidiary and then let the subsidiary kind of take the full burden of, you know, developing plan, 
and and launch the project and then the internal department can be a support system for this new mm -hmm. organization like you mentioned as an innovation and just to uh, have another uh, um, information um, here share is uh, just the fact that there is also a new unit of particip social participation um, that is uh, mm -hmm. working within the HOPAN and they are going to be or they're still uh, providing uh, all support needed in order to make sure that all the citizens and neighbors that are uh, uh, somehow um, in involved or they have some kind of connection within the line that they get the information that they need and that they can also participate, which is also very important for the success of the construction of the line. So this is another example of how um, units within the company work together with the subsidiary in order to provide um, good services, good um, expertise, and, and make sure that the project will be successful. Amazing, amazing. No, I, th I think a lot of time people think innovation just as a technology, but I tell people innovation can be anything. It can be process innovation. It can be structural innovation. It can be organization innovation, like what Hoshman is doing right now, creating a subsidiary and taking that. That's quite interesting and unique. Now, the other big project which Hamburg Hoshman is doing is electrification. And you're not alone. Many cities have target to electrify their fleet. And many cities has ambition tar ambitious target, like Hamburg has, you want to replace 1,100 diesel buses with zero emission buses by 2030. I just want to share, like a lot of people think zero emission only mean electric, but it's not true. Zero emission can mean electric buses, but fuel cell also the hybrid and, and the other kind of uh, fuel, which is closer to bringing the carbon emission to, to level nil. Uh, now, Hamburg currently have 200 electric buses, which is amazing. Not many cities have uh, that large fleet. So I'm pretty sure you get a lot of good experience with those buses now. And in 2020, the, the city awarded 530 buses to three different manufacturers, which is very interesting because that's what I want to have more discussion with you because you have selected Daimler buses, Solaris and Van uh, truck to supply these 530 buses. How agencies using and planning to use technology to integrate electric buses in operation? Because that's one of the challenge agencies face uh, when you have diesel buses as well as you bring electric buses, how to integrate. But I think the other thing which I'm asking people and, and getting different answer is the how you manage data. What kind of data do you receive from these buses? And how do you address the interoperability issue with the mixed fleet? Because you are bringing different buses for different manufacturers. Everybody have a different data code or different standards. So how you are trying to bring everything together? And, and if I can add one more point, sorry for this long question, but I'm very interested in this area. But is like, how do you manage the battery health and fire safety issue? Because in North America, that's one of the key challenges. A lot of cities are facing uh, the fire safety how mm -hmm. to make sure your buses uh, can share the right data information so that you can predict these kind of incident. Yeah, so, well, let's start from the beginning. Uh, let's yeah. start from the beginning. Uh, you know, um, I, I would say uh, from the um, personal, I would say from the colleagues, um, from the, the beginning, beginning, beginning of um, uh, our electric bus program, uh, I would say at the beginning, there were just a few colleagues that started uh, just uh, um, as a project, they started this uh, program at first as a project to say, okay, how can we integrate one and few uh, bus lines in our system? How to make sure that they receive their uh, charge uh, properly and how do they, they should stay in our depots and so on. And yeah. it has been now over, I would say, more than 
seven years at least and mm. now we have this number of uh, buses together and um yeah the the complexity grows of course with the number of buses and the number of different buses that are being run by the company and um yeah we have now today uh, thanks uh, thanks uh, the uh, thanks to the energy and the engagement of our different company or uh, different colleagues that are working in this specific area um different systems that are being um, used in order to uh, meet the requirements of the electric buses. So yeah. we have um, one uh, planning tool um, of the buses uh, that takes into account the new ranges of the buses. Uh, there is uh, the depot management system that um, uh, or software that tries um, to um, adapt to the, dif the different uh, process to electric buses. Um, and um, yeah, and, and how can we in integrate uh, new um, areas where the buses maybe uh, outside the depot need to be charged? So that, that's something that they are um, working on daily. Um, and they work also on the um, on problems uh, related to um, how they can be uh, this uh, the, the different buses, how can they, they can be recharged, uh, not only the depot, but uh, eventually um, in specific bus stops and how you can match the timetable with the recharging and also bring it back to the uh, to the depot. So um, and um, um, and they, they, they tested the different systems, uh, the depot management and the planning system. Um, and um, uh, not, not least, there is also a, a new charging management system, which yeah. is also responsible for the control of charging processes in our depots. Uh, and uh, um, in order to make sure that uh, um, the uh, depot management system has all the information, they, um, we implement telematics services to get important data of the electric mm. buses um, and the state of charge of the battery, which is crucial for oh, these yeah. types of uh, this kind of buses. Um, so um, uh, when you, you asked the question about um, interoperability, uh, it was uh, very important from the beginning to test different buses to try to see how our charging stations react to the different buses and also the, the sh our charging stations are also uh, not all, all from the same uh, supplier. Uh, yeah. And we uh, we concentrate in uh, in every case uh, on the um, fleet management uh, on the FMS standard of the buses, uh, and that's how we try to avoid interoperability issues uh, within a mixed fleet. Um, mm. On this standard has a different um, uh, level uh, level of data available, um, and the focus uh, in general from the colleagues is to evaluate and fork and 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 carry out forecasts. Um, uh, related to the range of the buses and uh, work uh, workshop issues. So, what are the typical failures, and how can we do? What could we do about it in order to solve them? Um, so, and the last question that you mentioned, uh, yeah, um, how to manage uh, battery health. Um, uh, we use um, also here a specific diagnosis tool in, yeah. uh, in the workshops um, and, and we don't get uh, at the moment constant data from the bus concerning this topic. So it's, um, yeah, at the moment, um, yeah, that's, that, that's what I can say about that. Um, um, we um, also, uh, to, regarding the question of uh, um, safety, uh, fire safety issues, um, yeah, some of our manufacturers implement or already implemented an alert when the battery has a critical status and the bus starts to honk for 30 seconds and to blink. Um, on, since the risk of the fire triggered by battery is highest during the charging and discharging, we decided to submit this information only during the charging process in the depot via the charging. So, Amazing. Um, I mean, 
it's i i can imagine you are busy with so many other things going on with electrification and like you mentioned when you scale up the fleet the complexity increase it's not as easy when you have a small number of fleets 10 20 you can manage it manually but the moment you have hundreds of buses the level of management is completely different like you mentioned about depot management system charge management system fleet management system and everything need to interact with each other you need to constantly speak to each other like the status of uh, charge of the battery and then it impact the the routing and the planning of the buses mm-hmm. so it's very important that all these systems should interact with each other Yeah. Uh, um, yes. Um, and it's still uh, running, and still we're still working <laughs> on, on the yeah the interfaces between the different systems, and also how to continue scaling up. Because um, uh, as you mentioned, we have a very uh, ambitious target within Hamburg Tax, which is uh, to be uh, um, CO two neutral until 2030. So uh, this program of uh, continuing uh, developing and um, and uh, acquiring new buses, new electric buses, is uh, we're still uh, uh, that we're still there on track, and we still con- we need to continue um, increasing our fleet, our our um, e-bus uh, fleet, um, in order to do that, in order to uh, come closer to this uh, objective. Yeah, no, amazing. No, good to good to know that how things are moving on, and thanks for sharing all this detail because. many city which are started uh, on their journey of electrification are facing this issue i know many city they are procuring charger and vehicle from different uh, manufacturer but they are not thinking about interoperability right now so it's important to learn that how hamburg is doing it so thanks for sharing that now my next question is actually can be can be very close to your heart because you were head of uh, the autonomous uh, mobility project at hamburg so i know it it's something it's it's like your first project you develop it from the scratch so it must be very close to your heart so hamburg hoshman was one of the early adopter of testing autonomous vehicle i would mm-hmm. say when when other cities were discussing about it but you guys take the lead and you said okay we need to test it and you launched this project called heat hamburg electric autonomous transportation so i love the name and you did it for 2 years so can you share some of your experience from the project and also you were the project lead of the first project with autonomous shuttle can you tell more about the kind of learning you had this project and what are the challenge you face because being an early adopter is also means you have lot more challenge to face you were the one who developed the product with the manufacturer so yeah. what were your challenges and what were your learning Yeah, uh, I, 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 as I said, uh, related to the question of our colleagues uh, within the uh, electric bus department, I have to say we also uh, get now coming to um, uh, automated buses. I have to start also by the beginning and I just uh, say that you know we started in two thousand seventeen, uh, just doing uh, trend analysis, and at the time. Uh, AV and um, uh, driverless technology was just uh, something you know that started to you know to 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 be to be uh, uh, published and to to, to be uh, spoken about. And uh, I remember we produced uh, two re- different reports, uh, trend reports, uh, saying to our uh, steering committee, to our uh, managing committee, uh, look, this is something that's going to. Uh, continue uh, growing um, let's have a deeper look and see what can we do um, and we had the full support of our committee of our steering committee to say well let's start a project with 
our local colleagues, local yeah. partners, and see what we can do together. And um, I think one of the things that was very special about the project is that we um, we we had one vehicle uh, test being tested, and it was it ran uh, in in the city in one part of the city of Hamburg. But uh, we were really all together in the. Um, development of the functional safety of the vehicle. So even from our point, our side, which we were the public transport operators, uh, we knew exactly, or we learned um, exactly what it means uh, to be, what, uh, what, what you need um, as a safety uh, requirements engineer and then what you need to, um, yeah. to, to prepare uh, and which scenarios, which uh, traffic scenarios you need to prepare uh, yeah. as testing scenarios uh, before you, uh, go live with the vehicle. So it was a fantastic experience with um, this different type of colleagues that we had uh, from the car manufacturer side, also from the research and development side and from the city um, as well, just to mention a few of them. Um, so it was, um, uh, yeah, uh, 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 a very good time working together and being open and honest about what uh, what's the technology uh, at that time, um, what's the level and what can we do uh, realistically on the streets in Ham of Hamburg between 2020 and 21? So, um, and so, yeah, so the questions uh, what were the objectives? We wanted to uh, ask, uh, honestly answer the question um, what is the state of the art related to automated technology um, on bus, yeah. on small, small shutters? Um, what are the business cases that could be interested, uh, interesting from a public transport point of view? And um, yeah, what is uh, the public acceptance? Basically, that's where our yeah. three north north uh, um, stars uh, in this project. No, amazing. I, and and like you mentioned in the beginning, that you need to understand the trend which is going to impact you in the future. And interesting to learn, like you started working in two thousand seventeen so that you can launch project in 2019 because a lot of time people make this mistake is they jump on the boat and then try to learn but you took time to understand the thing you understand different scenario how it will impact uh, the different traffic uh, situation in the city and then only you launch the pilot in the city to collect data and understand it and i agree with you the the user acceptance is a major thing it's easy to say okay bring technology but see how people will accept it uh, and now you are doing another project. You launched the second version, or I would say the version two of this autonomous mobility with uh, a new Holland mover. And I like, uh, I love that vehicle. I saw the picture of that vehicle. It looks so amazing. It just launched in July. So it's one, one month back. So it's pretty new, but I'm pretty sure, like you mentioned, you started working in 2017 for 2019. So what is happening in 2013, the preparatory work started long back in 2020 or 21. So you will be launching this uh, new vehicle on the street in 2024. So it'll be first uh, electric, shared, and autonomous operation in the city, which is amazing because that's what we see the future will be. It will be electric, it will be shared, it will be autonomous. Can you share how you are preparing for this and some key feature of the project, how this project will be different from the heat and what lesson you will try to incorporate in this new project? 
Um, yeah, uh, the first thing I have to say is that this project is going to be uh, also carried out uh, from uh, um, from directly from uh, the, the Department of uh, Hamburg Tat, which is also yeah. uh, some great colleagues that worked on the strategy uh, uh, of uh, Hamburg Tat and uh, what we need to implement um, in general and what are the specific pro uh, projects. Um, and under uh, this uh, department, um, it's going to the new uh, cooperation with all that is going to be uh, carried out and um, yeah and supervise and, uh, and 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 just having the project um, there. Um, we can say that at the moment that um, one of the things is that the first milestones are, that are going to be physical are going to be visible uh, will start. Uh, maybe the end of next year um, that mm -hmm. I can say about at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a five meter long um, uh, bus uh, for 15 people and it should be able to travel up to um, 60 kilometers per hour. And um, I, I'll, an addition or um, one of the differences compared to our previous project um, is that uh, this is a, um, a shuttle that is going to be booked and it would not be a crowd based um, otherwise uh, but it will be more a um, flexible um, service that you can book over an app um, um, like a ride sharing service uh, and that's quite something um, special and unique uh, compared to um, the the first project where we were uh, route based and just testing and making sure that all the scenarios the traffic scenarios were uh, fully met um, in this um, specific area of Hamburg um, in this new project um, the area should be broader um, yeah. and it should have an, an, another level of availability and also um, yeah it, it could be it should be booked over an, um, an app um, to in order to, to uh, benefit from the service uh, from the passenger point of view that's amazing so so you said it will be 60 kilometer per hour or 16 up to 60 so it should 60, be up to 60 up to 60 uh, uh that's the the plan um still part of the plan um on the moment yeah that's amazing because that's where a lot of autonomous projects are stuck because they run at 5 or 10 kilometer per hour i mean you can walk faster so yes. bringing to that level it's yeah. amazing we just to have an, uh, give you an idea in the previous project in the heat project we had uh, the maximum speed that we were able to achieve where it was about like, 25 kilometers per hour 25. and and you know every time you increase the the speed you increase the level of uh of of, of risk uh, you have to yeah. make sure that in less time you have to be able to break you your sensors have to be dead on right uh, you cannot miss uh um, um, yeah, a small object, uh, which eventually could be a cat or a dog or what, what do you know? So yeah, um, the, the, the aspect of speed is uh, crucial uh, when it comes mm. to new projects in the a for the AB uh, world, yeah. Now, you are an autonomous mobility expert, I would say, and you are seeing this area, like you mentioned, from 2017 when things were not even very trendy. Recently in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco allowed... Cruise and Waymo to run 24 into 7 paid autonomous driverless car operation services. And it's going both sides. It's going positive and negative. I see some of the news which are positive, some of the news which are negative. What do you think about this decision of launching a complete autonomous robo-taxi fleet in the city? And where do you see things will go from here? 
Well, um, I'm also following uh, with popcorn uh, the events <laughs> and the developments in some in in, in the states, and uh, I have to say that um, it was uh, it was very uh, exciting uh, all the uh, yeah to just to see what what was going to happen on the August uh, 10th, uh, uh, whether or not uh, yeah the big companies are going to get uh, the ex uh, an uh, extra uh, permit or not, and um, so yeah they they got it, but it was also a pretty um, uh, it was highly de debated within the yeah. the, uh, the commission. I think it was three to one. One voted against three uh, for the expansion of the of their permit. Um, and um, I, I think um, here um, at least what has been happening is that uh, from 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 a public um, side and what you what we read, what I read um, from here from from Hamburg is that you uh, one reads um, um, that certain incidents are systematically appearing over yeah. and over again. It's just not an uh, isolated incident, but you see a pattern. You see yeah. that uh, all the um, uh, traffic scenarios, and we come back to our traffic scenarios related to ambulance um, appearances or pub, uh, police uh, um, uh, cars or fire uh, trucks um, are not really well solved. So, yeah. um, And uh, I think, um, you know, until you have a plan in order to solve these uh, crucial situations which will appear over and over again you should not be allowed to um, expand because you're mm -hmm. going to scale your problem yeah. so i think uh, I, I am a um, i'm a um, i'm a, I'm, a, I'm i'm definitely uh, open and I am for the further testing and further continuing um, of uh, making this uh, um, technology um, available and that we can use it. Uh, but I say you have to do it safely and you have to do it um, with a certain milestones that have to be um, uh, shown uh, by, uh, if, uh, to the city authorities in order to continue um, the common permits. And I think, um, I don't know the details, but I think um, uh, it's going to be risky. It could be risky. Let's just put it in mm -hmm. conditional. It could be risky um, if they don't do something about it. And I think from the city uh, point of view, they should find ways in order to uh, make sure that they both uh, private uh, companies developing these technologies and the city authorities that they work together because um, they're going to create otherwise eventually always in conditional more problems for the traffic situation today than uh, provide solutions no i i love your point about scaling scaling up the problem so it's not scaling up the solution but if you don't address all the issue properly it will actually scale up the problem and it can be more risky. And I fully agree with you. The pattern recognition is very important. You need to understand what happened in the past and how you need to solve it. If you don't do it, it will create more problem and, and it needs to be done safely. I think sometimes you need to hit and trial, but sometimes you need to stop and you need to go back to the drawing board and understand, okay, how to make it much more safer and launch it. That's also what's happening with micromobility or e-scooter. We are seeing uh, they emerge in US, uh, but they flourish in Europe. And that's what I tell a lot of people that innovation happen in Europe, US, but actually it flourish in Europe because Europe has more structural framework or model to implement those uh, innovation. We see a lot of cities launch e-scooter. It was very popular, but suddenly we see how the problem they were creating in the city. Recently, Paris decided to ban it. 
uh, on the other hand, London has extended its pilot for next year. They want to understand much more. They they want to understand more about what's going on with the system. You, Hamburg also conducted this pilot with the e-mobility or e-scooter, I would say, in 2022 and uh, published some result in uh, about their study. It was very interesting. I, I went through that report. It was good to see what did you learn from that pilot. So can you share some interesting finding from that pilot? And also as a head of innovation, because you, you rightly mentioned anything you are launching in public has to be safe for everybody. So what do you think how cities should deal with micromobility? Should they be pro? Should they be against? Or should they have some regulation? I know it's it's uh, it's uh, it's not an easy question, but you must be getting this question from everywhere. <laughs> uh, at least we are uh, asking ourselves the question um, within the team uh, because yeah, uh, the, sure. this project uh, started also uh, in our unit and also direct uh, from colleagues that are working that are working um, within the unit. And um, yeah, so uh, uh, when we started uh, our first uh, e-scooter project, uh, we asked uh, also uh, uh, as well as for heat, uh, yeah, set up specific goals. And one uh, one of the goals was to understand, um, yeah, we wanted to uh, actually increase the attractiveness of public transport. We wanted mm -hmm. to say, well, we want to make sure that we provide additional services so that people will say it is easier for me to use um, a metro line or a bus line and um, still continue to provide um, alternative solutions to the private use of cars. Uh, and in this project, we also wanted to measure what could be the impact. So if we provide specific areas with e-scooters working and collaborating with these e-scooter companies, what are the results? What does mm. anything change? Does everything stay the same? So what, can, what kind of metrics do we have to set up in order to analyze the, the impacts of uh, yeah, new um, uh, e-scooters solutions at a specific stop. So those were basically the questions that we uh, set up as goals or objectives. And uh, yeah, we had the pilot um, uh, for uh, about two years. Um, and we had um, two locations that were 150 e-scooters were um, set up. And uh, they had um, also um, a specific um, yeah parking zone within the yeah. in the near uh, east uh, near uh, the metro stations, um, and um, they were also digitalized in the uh, in the app of the e-scooter provider, so you can only park there. So it was marked uh, physically and also in the in the app, so you cannot uh, be you wouldn't uh, as a user be allowed to park um, outside this area. And um, so we, um, this this project was uh, part of, the, of a bigger program, um, Solutions Plus, uh, that was an e-funding um, program where we had um, some um, um, yeah, uh, financing um, from from the pro from the program, and um, in, like other cities, uh, being part of this pro project, um, it was yeah, uh, important or main objective was to test um, e-mobility solutions. Uh, in order to come uh, closer to this uh, objective, big, big mission of zero emission uh, urban mobility. And um, yeah, uh, the program is still running until the end of this year. And yeah. now we, uh, we are just um, finishing uh, with our deliveries, uh, final reports, final analysis of the data. Uh, and um, so 
what we could say from the um, data that we collected um, on, on site is that um, in general, uh, the e-scooter service was well received. Uh, we had about 130,000 trips in three, 13 months. Um, mm. And uh, we had um, analysis uh, of uh, the variation of the um, of the use, and there were some uh, seasonal fluctuation. That means like yeah, summer high use, um, yeah, winter okay. rainy days um, uh, lesser use. Um, and yeah, the the, the just uh, to have a, give you an idea, the month with the fewest use was February, yeah, uh, winter, mm. and uh, with the highest number was uh, in August uh, two thousand twenty one with about 14,000 uh, trips uh, uh, being carried out in a month. So um, yeah, also we uh, try to match um, our um, level uh, numbers of passengers on PT, public transportation uh, related to e-scooters. And here we saw that there was a, a slight um, um, deviation. So the highest uh, demand was more or less in the afternoon evening. So hmm. we can assume that it was mo mostly people that uh, when wanted to go back uh, from work or they wanted to do another activity, uh, use mostly the e-scooters uh, rather than uh, in the in, rather than in the morning. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's uh, um, some of the um, key uh, finding. And uh, another thing is that um, the users um, in 2021 were pre predominantly uh, younger users, so about less than 35 years, and yeah. they used to be um, pre pre predominantly uh, male and employed. So it was a single person. Of course, uh, there's only one person should use the e-scooter. And um, uh, and mostly uh, male um, uh, and 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 blonde. Interesting. And and you said you will be extending the program till next year, the pilot. And you have already thought what's your plan for next year? Exactly. So the 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 project and the pro the project um, within this AU program is uh, running until this year. So now we are uh, preparing the final um, reports and deliveries uh, written. And uh, now we're talking together with our um, unit or department of sales and uh, the, uh, specifically specifically the colleagues that are uh, planning and carry out new uh, switch points um, just to um, yeah, uh, uh, inform you about our switch points or switch points are mobility hubs. So yeah. switch points are um, physical uh, areas where we try to uh, encourage uh, intermodal use. So we have mm. in this specific uh, specific hub um, the offer of either car sharing, uh, bike sharing. Uh, there is uh, in the near X meters there is um, a metro metro line. Uh, so it's, these hubs are close to bus uh, to metro stops and uh, also. Um, uh, yeah, I mentioned car sharing, bike sharing, and now we're trying to find ways to implement our e-scooter use. So mm -hmm. that's a new activity that's being um, uh, analyzed and defined uh, um, from uh, through our colleagues of sales and and and, um, and uh, specifically the the team working on the development of mobility hubs. So and we're working uh, together with them to provide our expertise from this first pilot. Uh, so, but um, the idea is overall to find a way to uh, within these mobility hubs to have um, another service of 
of e-scooters. And also very important to have it implemented and reglamented. So it doesn't, so one of the, coming back to the question, what can we do to integrate a new service and that is not so chaotic? Yeah. Uh, what we know from other cities that they are, can be good examples of this is to have a specific uh, set of rules and just yeah. not be able to have, um, you know, the whole city as a parking place or then otherwise uh, have a specific areas where the e-scooters can be parked. That's uh, one of the things that we have seen that it works very well. And if we had that all over the city, it would be a great thing for everyone, not only the uh, e-scooters users, but specifically for the people not using e-scooters that they would say, yeah. well, um, is everything um, clean and uh, they're not disturbing our um, area um, areas of walking or pedestrian or, or cycling and so on. Because that's basically the problem today that you find them everywhere and they can be in places where they shouldn't be parked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, it's very important to serve the need of those who are using, but also the need of those who are not using it and, and make sure the city is not chaotic. You have dedicated parking space for the scooter and plan. And I'm, I'm, I didn't aware about this uh, switch point you mentioned, the mobility hub. That's quite mm -hmm. interesting because I, I don't think many cities have those kind of area, which is like a multi-mobility hub where people mm -hmm. can take car sharing, bike sharing, now e-scooters and other other facility and, and it's closer to the public transportation mm -hmm. infrastructure. Quite interesting. Like Hamburg is doing a lot of interesting projects. I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to visit in 2025 for <laughs> UITP summit. Now, city of Hamburg also launched very interesting project, which is called Urban Data Platform. And it was done in 2017. It was, I would say it is one of the most comprehensive open data platform for the city. Shared vehicle, road, parking, charging point, construction zone, other services. I, I give this example to many other cities to see like how, if they want to implement open data platform, how they can copy what Hamburg has done. London also have a good approach, uh, but not many cities in, in North America, I would say, or in Asia, they have a good platform. Can you share oh, your... Yeah, but just a question, I just, I just coming back to this idea, because um, I, I'm just surprised that in USA, there is not a number of agencies that open that have open data. So why is that? <laughs> just a question going back to you. Yeah, I, I it's, a, it's a very interesting question because I asked them, and I think first, point is lack of awareness. They don't even know what open data mean because I spoke to some agencies and I said, do you have open data platform? They are not aware what open data platform mean. I think the second challenge is they feel sharing data can be dangerous to them or harmful to them. So they don't, they feel I should not share data with other public or, or in the open market because the moment I share data with others, it can have a negative impact on the agency. I know it's a, it's it's sad because that's where the technology come, but uh, the policy side it's much weaker, and and that's mm -hmm. why I'm very curious to learn like how you see Hamburg as Hoshman's open data, and why it is important for transit companies to share their data because like I shared, a lot of agencies think it can have negative impact on them, and they don't want to share their data because they feel the riders will go away or other other private transport like our ride hailing companies and all use their data to give a negative feedback to people and then take away their passenger. But as a public transit agencies, what do you think why they should do it? And probably with your viewpoint, we have some city come forward in USA, okay, we want to implement now open data policy. 
<laughs> so I think the first question um, about open data is uh, you have to uh, know why, uh, what are your objectives of uh, ex uh, yeah, sharing specific data for uh, yeah, uh, with uh, other entities. And I think it's important to understand which are the other entities. So how, you know, to have um, specific and transparent uh, yeah, uh, contracts and, and and program in order to say, you know, I trust you, you trust me, we're going to share data, you're going to use it for these purposes, maybe I can mm -hmm. use some of your data for these purposes. And I think the central, this is always a central uh, key element in this uh, discussion is to know you have trustful or trustworthy partners uh, mm -hmm. that are going to use your data, yes, uh, but they maybe can provide an additional um yeah, um, service and an additional improvement of um, uh, one of the areas of your services. Um, and just to have specific uh, real expectations of how, yeah, how, they, how they're going to be used. So, and uh, because this open data is just a big word and you have to yeah, bring it down to at least three levels of uh, crystal clear messaging, then you can say, okay, now we're going to uh, present or we're going to uh, give a specific um, yeah, data or tranches of data to specific um, areas or we give it to just um, to everyone everyone but we know why we're doing it and not just to do it so so i think that's a, the, the, the uh, from my point of view personal point of view that's the most important question to understand why you're doing it with whom you're doing it and um and yeah what are the relationship what kind of is there, is there a contractual uh, agreement and and if so um everyone respecting what has been uh, agreed upon um, from from the whole band point of view, I can say that we have now share um, yeah timetables, informations, and also the the um, possibility of uh, buying tickets over uh, Google um, uh, Google Maps and Google navigation. And I think this uh, this this uh, working together with Google has um, made uh, the use of transportation for used for, for, for the passengers, for the clients, uh, much easier because uh, yeah. it's not a secret that everyone uses Google Maps. And now when you're looking to find uh, different itineraries, you can also have as an option public transport and they can give you um, directly our connection. Uh, which uh, route are you going to be taking bus and or metro and or a tra a regional train and just to see how much it could cost. So this is, a, I would say, an additional um, benefit for the uh, customer. And this specific um, yeah, cooperation has shown that, um, yeah, you can collaborate with external private companies, but it's very important to know what are the rules that you have been um, defined, that you have defined together. I, I love your point about one is having a clear objective and second is to have a trust and finding trustworthy partners so that you can learn from each other, you can share data. And you will be shocked to hear, but I feel Google work much better with European agencies than in US agencies. I don't know why they have this bias. There are many agencies, they don't even have GTFS feed right now to provide mm -hmm. uh, data to Google. And in fact, for ticketing also, I see more integration for Google Wallet in Europe than in US. So I think it's, it's also important point is having those trust and having clear objective and how to work together. And setting the rule of the game. And that's what I tell transit agencies. You are the boss here. You can set the rule of the game and, and play with that. 
but try to make it win-win for everybody so that everybody can get benefit out of it. And ultimately, the passenger should get benefit out of it, not not like the agencies or the company, but the passenger. Like you mentioned, everybody use Google Map. I go to any new city, I open up the map and try to find the route. And the better information you provide, easier it will be for people to jump on public transportation and use it. So creating that kind of environment, it takes a lot of work. And and congratulations mm-hmm. to, to you because it's not only the agency, but the city also has this open data platform and everybody's working together because tomorrow if there is a construction happening, you know in advance that how you need to reroute your bus operation, how you need to plan your services, you can do it in a better way. There's still a lot to do, uh, Gaspar, I, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, if you uh, being a citizen of Hamburg, I have to say uh, there's always uh, ways of improvement and better uh, uh, yeah, creation of interfaces. And there are lots of new uh, projects uh, also from the city perspective in order to have uh, greener areas and better infrastructure on the roads, which um, yeah, some, some, some city uh, sectors need to have and renewal of say new streets and and so yeah everything you know having to have parallel projects uh, on the streets at the same time i think um, <laughs> it's not easy it's not easy and and the problem happen is when you live in the city you have a very different perspective like you ask people what they think about singapore and london they will say it's one of the best but you ask the local singaporean in london and they'll say ah oh, it's one of the worst so you always have that perspective because you live in the city and experience but I, I I feel what you said is uh, the idea should be do more, like how to stay top of the game and keep updating and doing that. And that's the one point I want to discuss with you because like open data, open innovation is also important thing, which public agencies should incorporate. You already mentioned Hamburg Hoshman is working with the University of Hamburg, involving students to work on new project, new idea. I want to understand what approach you are following to work with startup and new founders or a new innovator? And do you have any open innovation program or grand challenge and you're planning to do something in that area? Yeah, um, yes. Uh, also very interesting questions specifically uh, for us, uh, for our colleagues uh, um, working uh, in this uh, unit of innovation. Um, I think, uh, first of all, that, yeah, Hamburg is a very uh, yeah, open-minded city. It's also mm-hmm. very international. Um, I would say it's a very multicultural city. At least I feel it as a Venezuelan, <laughs> a Venezuelan <laughs> with a hard, half heart um, from Hamburg. And uh, you feel this uh, energy just coming from different, you know, different cultures, different uh, people working here um, in, in the city, in different um, entities and different uh, public agencies. So, and um, I think um, different agencies are also trying out different formats of working with external companies also with startups just to see what kind of new ideas uh, can uh, yeah be generated uh, just working with these companies uh, from from our point of view uh, I would say we're in the beginning um, just by we are starting um, just uh, the um, collaboration with the university uh, through challenges and we are also talking with different companies outside uh, not only with colleagues uh, from other cities also from the public transport uh, sector but also from yeah small companies uh, startups uh, but again here is always uh, very important even if we are at the beginning but because we, we, we are we are at the beginning we don't have a, a innovation program per se uh, but uh, the first question uh, that we're or the questions that we are um, asking ourselves is uh, 
what are the uh, objectives? How can we uh, work together with startups in order to, uh, to find ways where we both can profit from each other mm. and uh, we can create maybe minimum viable products or we can, we can create some prototypes then that can be um, on the long run um, a good solution, a good possible solution for us as a public transport operator. So we're, to be honest, at the beginning of just yeah, formulating our these questions and 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 uh, formulating possible uh, ways of collaborating with startups. And and of course, we have um, embryonic um, um, uh, examples of working with startups. Um, yeah, three uh, week uh, uh, prototyping or two week prototyping, and these ex experiences we have already uh, gained or have had uh, with them and um, the question um, that I'm um, basically or mainly uh, asking our uh, colleagues is okay after working uh, embryonic in uh, three-week format maybe two-week format uh, what can we do together what makes sense uh, for us uh, you know developing what we're doing right now um, in order to work with them so so that's where we are at the moment. Um, so yeah, maybe and I would say ask this question maybe in uh, in a year time. In a, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and then we, we can maybe have another answer. <laughs> no, and 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 I I love your point about saying that accepting that okay we are beginning we are trying to explore this because a lot of agencies think it's a big bang theory approach like okay one day everything will set in place and you will have an innovation department and open innovation policy but that's not how it works you have to start somewhere and slowly slowly build it and like what your strategy and approach is to understand and i think the most important objective is that you need to see how both party can win from okay. this you know it's not just the agency because uh, the startup they have a very small runway very short runway very short resources so how they can optimize their resources at the same time how agency can get benefit out of it so approach of creating those mvp minimum viable product i think that's the right approach no happy happy to see how it goes and happy to share some resources how other cities are doing it what you should do and what you should not do what other city <laughs> has done in the past so so happy to share resources one other project which I want to discuss with you is the digital twins. It's getting a lot of popularity now. I see a lot of uh, agencies are accepting digital twins in London, in Hong Kong, in Japan. They have this digital twin project. And I saw the city of Hamburg also launch this digital twin at the city level, which is very unique, combining the 3D data model with other urban data so that you can see in a virtual environment everything. I'm not sure if Hoshman is part of that, and are you planning digital twin for the underground network? Like, is there any future plan for that? Okay. Um, yeah. To answer the first question, uh, yeah, sorry to disappoint you, but no, we're not part <laughs> as a as a public transport operator. We're not a part of this project specifically, but uh, many, at least uh, three, four different uh, entities within the city are part of the project, and the idea is to tackle uh, specific pro uh, yeah issues related to the use of digital twins, which is a uh, a uh, pretty cool thing also uh, being set up from the city uh, um, perspective. Um, and um, at the moment, I would say we, we're just at the beginning of analyzing what are the impacts of digital twins and mm. how can, uh, what what's the, how relevant uh, it could be for us uh, on the middle run, I would say. Uh, so yeah, uh, 
in this specific project, we're not um, an active ma member. So, and to, to the question about tw digital twins uh, with us, uh, there are some departments working on digital twins uh, for building um, modeling and um, and also construction um, uh, um, uh, in the construction department. Uh, but uh, it's not as it's not digital twins are not a systemic um, solution for all departments. So it could be, it should be interesting also for us to have um, to keep on um, observing uh, the, the impacts of digital twins and maybe um, yeah I'll come again in contact with the specific departments just to let them know what other uh, universe what other uh, operators are doing operators, in, this, yeah. in this area. No, happy to share again, like I mentioned, there are a lot of cities which are implementing it. London uh, Underground, mm -hmm. they launched a project on digital twins. Basically, they want to replicate the whole underground line so that the maintenance work can be done better. And if there is any problem in any area, they can see in a virtual environment and try to rectify exactly the same spot and same problem. Similarly, JREs and MTR is using it. So happy to share resources. That's mm -hmm. a way of, uh, you know, this conversation is also to share what's happening around the world and I'm happy to share. Now, this is my last question. And as an head of innovation, you mentioned this point, I would say at least in time that you are looking at the future trend. You are looking at what's going on and how these trends will going to impact you in the future. So what are the key technologies I would say you are keeping a watch on and looking to introduce at Hoshpan in coming year? And any plan to introduce Gen AI because there is a lot of stuff going on in Gen AI, conversational AI. So are you looking to implement something at Hushman? I mean, you said Hushman is kind of a multicultural city, but you have people with multilingual things. So are you looking to do use some of these AI tool to make it much more inclusive? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so, um, so, so related to your, uh, coming back to your first question, uh, so what are uh, some trends that I'm specifically um, observing? Um, yeah, of course, um, gen, uh, generative uh, AI is, uh, yeah, is uh, the hottest topic uh, since uh, the publication of uh, ChatGPT, I would say, yeah. since a couple of months ago. So yeah. everyone is uh, yeah, trying to find out what they can do and all the possible uh, applications. So it, it is a very uh, exciting um, new topic uh, that we, we are um, observing and we are, uh, yeah, um, and company and uh, at the moment we just um, we want us to give us time to fully understand the possible implications for a public transport operator as ourselves and what are real um, yeah possible applications um, specifically within the company so um, it's the IT department uh, the IT department is also um, yeah uh, talking about discussing it and just to see can we uh, eventually have a closed uh, not a closed environment not an open uh, um, yeah, so add, uh, some some kind of some kind of uh, ChatGPT for specific applications within different units. So that's uh, that's one of the things that uh, we are um, um, yeah um, observing. Um, another interesting um, technology or development, I would say, is the the whole um, aspect of metaverse and what's going mm -hmm. to happen in this digital world and uh, how many you know at, at the same time I have to say I'm really sometimes I feel myself that I'm really not that digital and I, I feel that this is a parallel world and uh, uh, yeah you have to understand what, what can be the possible impacts and how how much time I going what, what's going to um how 
people are going to uh, change or how their um, way of living is going to be eventually um, be affected uh, or changed through um, yeah the, the new um, yeah, a final introduction of uh, of um, metaverse so so that's something that I'm just also yeah um, yeah keen uh, uh, in continuing um, and observing. Um, and related to um, what we are going to specifically be doing in the whole plan, I think, um, you know, AI is such a big word. Uh, if you take out AI and you say, um, it, we're talking about using uh, smart algorithms to improve certain yeah. processes and a task, then I say it will be nuts not to do something um, in this area, just to find ways in order to um, treat better your data improve uh, your task, have a central, uh, maybe, um, uh, yeah, uh, um, digital, um, yeah, um, person um, companioning you for certain tasks that, you know, they're already centralized and they, they can, this, uh, this uh, digital uh, help uh, desk can give you um, specific information. So these are the things that I, uh, I think we should, uh, yeah, we can, in, uh, and we're starting already uh, doing that in a very uh, small um, area. And I think these are the questions that uh, we need to continue uh, um, asking ourselves as what does it make sense? What can we improve from our system um, services? How can, uh, what does it mean to digitalize new processes? Um, and uh, what, uh, what do we need in order to make um, uh, certain data for certain colleagues um, available and, 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 and direct uh, accessible. So, so I would say not the big AI, but just um, you know, small, uh, low hanging um, algorithms that allow us uh, to do a better work in the next years. Yeah, no, I, I love your point about this continuous improvement rather than again, looking at something really big or AI and technology, let's come back to the ground and see, okay, what's problem you need to solve? how you can make the process more convenient and easier for people, what are the challenges they're facing in day-to-day -day work life, try to solve it rather than just thinking about bringing some of the big fancy tool and then try to find the use cases for that. It's it's better to have use cases and try to solve these, uh, these things. And I, I agree with you, the metaverse, Web3, these are buzzwords. I mean, we don't know how things will be in 10 years. It's, it can be big. It can be small. Like some cities are actually trying to play with it. Some cities are just looking at it. So it's, it's, it, we don't know how the next 10 years, like I was recently listening to somebody and he said, if somebody can tell you how the next 10 year look like, he's actually lying because nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows what what will happen in 10 years whether we will have a flying cars or whether we have something else so it will be curious so thank you so much natalie i mean i really enjoyed our conversation thank you for your time uh, before in this podcast we have this rapid fire question round it's a it's a quick five questions i just ask you to know a little bit more about your personal side so if you're ready i'll start with that all right okay i'm, I'm all set <laughs> <laughs> great so you're working in transportation sector for so long, but let's say if you're not in transportation sector, what other profession you would have selected? Uh, I think I would have been a good economist. I really like to understand and analyze of um, macro um, factors and macro um, developments. And I, I think, um, yeah, that would be my second choice. Wow, that's amazing. And I agree with you as in, innovation person, you need to have economics mindset also to see whether that's feasible or not, not just driven away by the technology. Now, this is like second question, you live in different cities. So 
but you travel in so many cities. Which is your favorite city in the world and why? Um, well, at the moment, because it changes, I would say Sydney. Um, yeah, I would say Sydney. My little sister is living there, and um, I had a blast the last time we visited her. It's just a, a city, it's a, such a, a sunny city, um, such a great energy. And um, yeah, I think uh, that, that the people living there have a really um, yeah, high level of um, enjoying and just... Uh, you know, a balance between work and life and work and, and just uh, yeah, leisure and sports and, and, free, and free time. Yeah, and it's hotter compared it's hotter. to... <laughs> 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 no, it's a nice city. Which technology innovation you are very bullish on in the next five years, if you need to pick one? I, I, I'm very uh, curious about the development of um, automated um uh, technology for buses and uh, and um, trucks and uh, different uh, vehicles. I'm just uh, so um, yeah. I'm following um, this uh, this developing, and I think um, yeah. I'm I'm very curious what's going to happen when we are in 2028, and what's the uh, where where are we at? Uh, <laughs> Probably we'll look back and and see where are we uh, after after five years or ten years. What one thing you do you wish you should have learned early in life, or in your career? Um, I I mean this is a very uh, hypothetical question, but I think I would say I wish I could have already uh, since uh, since my childhood already uh, grow with different grow up with different languages. Uh, so I, I think that would be amazing. Just to, you know what what are the impacts of being bilingual, trilingual when you're already three four years old? I think that, would, that, that had always made uh, um, um, amazed me. Um, yeah, the how the brain would um, develop uh, just uh, having this many, many different languages uh, from the beginning on. I I agree. I I know some people who can speak seven eight languages. So it's very interesting how they manage to do it. It's sometimes hard, but but they and they know what's the way they use something for work language some for personal life some for their kids and some for their school it's it's amazing i agree it's very interesting now this is my last question if you can change one thing in life what would it be oh yes that's a very difficult question <laughs> I, 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 in one thing in life is my life the life <laughs> anything in the life yeah. in the world in the society I, I don't know. This is such a uh, yeah. I would say this is a question I I, I have no answer. Um, but I would say you know if if it's life, you know that the people uh, if there was an ability, I would say that you know that everyone had the ability to remember what were the 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 errors of um, the ancestors. So you you have already this uh, this knowledge, so you don't repeat the same mistakes. Ah, okay. So again, you're coming back to that pattern recognition. Remember what Pattern happened in the... <laughs> exactly. You remember your grand grandmother already did that, so you shouldn't do it. <laughs> you shouldn't do that, and I think I think that's very important. You need to know what happened in in the past because otherwise you will repeat the same mistake. So it's very important to learn from those mistakes and try to capture and and move forward. And that's how the human being are. No, thank you so much, Natalie. I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you find it useful. But I I learned a lot of new things from you. Like I said, uh, it's good to see when you mentioned that uh, Hamburg Hoshman is a public agency but run as a private organization because you need to bring best of the both. There is no 
either side and i always feel it's best it's always good to bring both and good to see from your career profile as well like how you are taking forward this innovation at the agencies and are trying to bring new idea new concept and learning about new trends so thank you for sharing all these knowledge with us and thank you for your time Well, thank you very much for having me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I also learned uh, new things about other cities. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like this episode, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating, as it will help us to spread our message. If you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at info@theretmobility-innovator.com. I look forward to see you next time. Thank you.